So if you think about it, it's really crazy. Absolutely crazy. This John the Baptist business is what I'm talking about. So here is a guy who's got kind of an odd outfit on and has a questionable diet. And he really runs around saying the same thing all the time. He's preaching this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And he is wildly popular. He's not an athlete. He's not an entertainer. He's not a politician. And people can't wait to go down to the river to get baptized. Nuts. Just nuts. Unless you know the secret. And the secret is that this baptism of repentance that he was talking about is not penance. It's not penance. But this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins is a new way of seeing things that leaves the past in the past. Most of us live in the past. We got our own foibles, our own baggage, our own issues. And if we're not living in the past, we're pretty content to just stay in the, in the present and, and kind of just go through the hamster thing all the time in, in kind of a vicious circle. But what John the Baptist was coming about was a pledge of the future. So it's of things to come. And that's, of course, where our hope comes from. Our hope doesn't come from the past. And our hope really doesn't come from the here and now. It's about what we're looking forward to. And so this was, this was really different for people because most of the time it was, you're terrible, you're bad, that's it. And no, he's, he's talking about forgiveness of sins, but he's doing about it because it is, it is a baptism of repentance. Repentance isn't just mean I'm sorry, it means that I, I wanna be different. I wanna go someplace else, I don't wanna be held down. So that, that new vision, that new way of looking at things, we need that in this day and age just as much as they did in John the Baptist's time. We need that, that different focus about God's promises, not my past. The problem with that is, is it means we need to let go of some things. And if you've noticed, uh, just because we're out of the last three weeks of ordinary time when we had all this end time stuff, the readings were about that today. You're about that today. You don't know when the end's going to be. And so it's not about stewing about what was. It's not about wringing your hands now. But it's what are we looking forward to? What are we looking forward to? Now, when we hear in that reading from Isaiah, this idea about, about the hills will be made low and the valleys be filled in, we're not talking about getting earth movers in and changing the topography or the geography of things. What it means is that we're going to look at the same world with different eyes. We're going to see things differently than we ever have before. In fact, that really should be the, the hallmark of what a Christian is, is that we're looking at things very differently than everybody else. We can see more than meets the eye. Now, is that crazy? Is that nuts? Well, if you don't believe in confession, it is nuts. But if you understand properly the sacrament of reconciliation, as we as Roman Catholics do, then we have this. We got this. Because reconciliation is not about you. 
hate to tell you. It's not about the priest, hate to tell you. It's about God. And it's about God. Why do I say that? Because this coming of Christ that we're talking about, these four weeks that we're marking out with the Advent wreath about the coming of Christ, why did he come to be a baby? No. He came to save us from our sins. If you don't need that, then pack up and leave and don't bother coming back because this is a waste of your time. He came to save us from ourselves. From ourselves. Ain't none of us perfect. I'll be first in line to say that. So he came to save us from ourselves. He came to save us from our sins. And so all we have to do is admit it. Now, let me tell you a little something. Kids, when you are sassy to your parents, you probably don't do that. They're probably from other towns, but just pretend. So if you're sassy to your parents, or you don't do your chores, or you lie, that's a sin. That's wrong. And so that's why you go to confession. That's why we're going to have, I don't remember how many kids make their first confession uh, next Wednesday. But you know what, adults? You're very good at telling them what's wrong. You're very good at bringing up their own shortcomings, but you don't like it. You don't like it when somebody says to you, that's a sin. You shouldn't be doing that. You need to be sorry. It's okay for the kids, but it's not okay for me. Boys and girls, your parents sin too. So does your priest. So do the servers, even the big ones. <laughs> The problem of it is, is we don't like to admit it. And so we need to examine our consciences. There's actually a sheet in the bulletin this week about that. But it really is quite simple, you know. So for us, as we get older, it's when we talk about people and gossip. I remember somebody said, well, to me one time, well, Father, it's really not a sin because what I said was true. Oh, I didn't know that. So if you're telling the truth talking about people, then it's not a sin. It is. So when we are unkind and judgmental, when we tear other people down, when we cheat, where we're getting a smooch from somebody else's spouse, that's wrong. When you miss mass and you're not sick, that's a mortal sin. When you watch it online and you're not sick, that's wrong. They're very simple. They're very simple, but, but, but we excuse ourselves. We say, well, I'm not as bad as the guy down the street, or at least I'm not like her. No, it's wrong. And all of us have to fess. This is just about being honest. Now, let me give you a little insight. Uh, some months ago, my spiritual director died. I didn't wear him out. He just died. He was a Trappist monk. And that really bothered me because I'd been going to confession to him for well over 20 years at least. And I wasn't my, me, I just wasn't gonna to go to anybody. Now if you feel more comfortable going behind the screen, that's fine, that, that, that certainly is your option. I can't do that, I need to go to somebody who knows me. So I go to, to Xavier and he'd say, John, he knew me. And it made it a lot easier, because I didn't have to retell the story all the time. I just needed to give him the new chapters that I'd written since the last time I saw him. So it was a great joy for me when I was on retreat this fall to 
finally be able to do that again. The spiritual director that I have at the retreat house is again somebody who knows me. And it, it's, a, it's a great thing, it's a great burden to be lifted and I hadn't murdered anybody, just in case you're wondering. But there was a freedom that I did not have for all those months. And that's what it's important for us to consider. It's because it's how we want to be in the future. It's about letting go of the past. It's about taking stock in the promises that Christ has given us. And that promise is what? It's a gift of peace. It's a gift of peace. We don't have to explain it. We don't have to contextualize it. It's just, this is what I did. And I'm sorry, because I'm better than that. And I know that because God made me for more than that. And so when I'm listening to small kids' confessions, and they say, well, we didn't, I didn't go to church. And I'll tell you what I tell them all the time when they say that. I say, don't you have car keys? No. I say, honey, that's not your sin. That's your parents' sin. That's their sin. That's not yours. You tell them Father John said that. I don't know if they do, but I tell them that. This season affords us that time. But the reason that it's so important, folks, is because the only reason Christ came was to forgive us, period. It wasn't about Christmas carols. It wasn't about the Easter Bunny. It wasn't about all those things. It's to save us from our sins, period. And all we have to do is admit we need a Savior. That's all. That's all. So, as you know, because it's been in the bulletin the last few weeks, and you've got a letter in the mail about this as well, this Wednesday is our communal time to celebrate confessions. We are fortunate enough to have eight priests, so it's wonderful. A meal next door will be from 5.30 to 7.30, and confessions are from 6 to 8, or however long it takes. Do the best Christmas preparation you ever have in your life by getting honest, getting forgiven, and experiencing that peace. Hope to see you there Wednesday night.